0: y'all welcome back to kentucky fried war gaming where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance i'm joe and i'm john And y'all, we have been talking about games with hard math and chance for a year. Holy friggin' cow. It's been a year, John. A a full year. 365 days since we uploaded our first video. Yes. And uh, Uh,
1: it feels like forever for lots of reasons, not only because of this podcast.
0: I've aged 20 years in the last two. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for us, it's been a touch longer because we started uh, like recording podcast episodes like we, I think, put like six episodes in the backlog before we went live. Um, So for us, it's been a touch longer, but we have been live and uploading for a year now. And uh, man, what a year it's been uh, to start a podcast during COVID (laughs) and about a hobby that must be played in person. Not yeah, the greatest tactical decision we'll talk about. We're not good at tactical decisions, Jesse. <laughs> that's why we don't play tournaments. <laughs> well, Though that, maybe. That's fair. Unless. Um, Unless. But it's been a year of doing this, so we thought we'd have a an episode where we get a little honest with y'all. We talk about how it's been. We look back on um, sort of the challenges we had and how it was to get started and also how it was fun. And we answer a couple of questions that some people sent in and they wanted our quick thoughts on. And then lastly, we talk about the future. But first, hobby time and games played. All right, John, it's, it's been a week. What have you been up to? Uh, man,
1: I, I really like Star Wars oh, uh, yeah, that's going to play in my hobby time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really like Star Wars. I actually haven't gotten to play any of Star Wars Legion yet, but I got the core set for Rebels vs. Empire. I'm giving um, Empire to a buddy of mine. Probably going to end up buying a second core set box, which is very good for Rebels and probably pretty good for Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, painting them. like, okay, I'm going to say this. Building Star Wars Legion's models, because I also bought a few expansion kits, is some of the easiest shit I've ever done.
0: So, so push
1: fit. So simple. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think that it's how every model should be, like how every company should do it, but I think for this game specifically, it is very good. Um, I haven't played the game yet, so I don't want to talk about the game too much until I've played it, but painting these models makes me feel like an eight-year-old again, which I think is great, (laughs) because I've been watching Star Wars stuff, and like... Looking up old Star Wars toys. I spent like 10 minutes in the store the other day, like looking at all the Star Wars toys that are over there. And I was like, God, yeah. <laughs> now, I always get this way about Star Wars around the holiday season, but I think this time it's going to stick. Like, I think this time I've just decided to stop being edgy and going, but the new Star Wars does good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia is never the same as when I was eight, but Star Wars is still cool. So oh I'm just going to enjoy God, Star Wars. Oh
0: Hallelujah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's It's great. See, I never jumped on the hate Star Wars train. I have always been going, y'all, I just like Star Wars. But, I mean, like, the general notion for a long, long time has been, you know, Star Wars bad. Like, yeah, I get it. You don't feel like you're eight anymore. Life is crushing and depressing. We all understand, okay? Maybe just let people have laser swords. It's gonna be fine. Um, But I think largely due to Dave Filoni's incredible efforts um sort of the thoughts are turning around and people are just starting to accept that like yeah maybe this like space wizard thing is just fun yeah um, i mean i also i often have that thought about 40k like mm-hmm. uh,
1: i've i've been in 40k for a very long time much longer than a lot of other people and so i have this like childhood excitement about it sometimes other people would be like critical eye and i'm like okay that's valid criticism but also Little eight-year-old me that loves Chainsaw is crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like,
0: yeah, if I was a a fine critique of literature, but I'm not. I'm just a dude trying to play games and have a good time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Or watch some good TV shows. There's some great TV shows. Um, yeah, I, I'm so glad everyone's coming back around on not just bashing Star Wars and calling me a plebeian for still enjoying them. Yeah. Um, well, like for me, I don't even necessarily want to play the games. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna play
1: Star Wars Legion. I think it'll be a great time. There's like nobody in my area that plays Star Wars Legion. It's just mm-hmm. gonna be you, up and like, Amanda, like and Amanda up like uh like an hour and like like an hour and a half away. Like that's, but that's fine. I'll just go up there and play. But what I am excited about is like building like little terrain, fucking dioramas and shit for them. Because like man, as a kid, I loved playing off my like the few Star Wars toys I had. I would just like play little scenes with them and I'm just gonna do that as an adult you know with more space yes
0: yeah that's what Legion is but less time it sucks (laughs) man I'm so hyped on Legion uh John and I ended up getting into it at the same time essentially I went to the game shop last week to pick up some stuff that had been on back order for a long time and had finally come in and, uh, because I was heading up there, my wife, uh, also likes the game shop I go to, so she wanted to come along, so happily hopped in the car, went up there, and we're talking to the owner, and just kind of chit-chatting, they got a new, bigger building, which is wonderful, it's great, and as we were talking, um, my wife sort of drifts over to the wall of Star Wars Legion, and is looking at it, and, uh... I felt like a hunter in a deer stand when like a beautiful buck walks in front of you and you just freeze because you don't want to spook it. A wonderful thing might happen. Um, so I'm frozen watching her and she has picked up one of the starter boxes that is flipping it over and she's looking at it with the look. She's really pondering it. Because like She likes Age of Sigmar, but it's kind of okay for her. She does not like 40K, has played it a couple of times, just no. But my lovely lady wife loves Star Wars. Adores Star Wars. I mean, she will listen to me talk about 40K stuff, but like her absolute cabbage is the Star Wars. Um... So I have for a long time suspected that she might be into Legion, but you know, you don't want to just like foist new games upon your significant others down that path lies madness. (laughs) So you kind of, I just had to let it happen. And uh, as she was looking at the box, she was like, I kind of want to try this. And I grabbed a starter box so fast your head would spin, (laughs) (laughs) threw it on the counter And, uh, cause I have been waiting for an excuse to play clones and, uh, she gave me one, she gave me one and we were out of there. And, uh, over the next couple of days, we, we built up everything. We built up the clones, which built up super fast. Holy God. Um, she built up the little B1 battle droids and said, Roger, Roger about a million times. Um. And we actually played a game. Like, John did some building and stuff and didn't get to play. We played. We had a... We played through what they called, like, the learner game in the starter book. And, oh, my God, we had so much fun. And it was so fast. Is It terribly, terribly fast. I mean, most of the time, we spent just gas, looking gas, up...
1: Gas, gas,
0: Yeah, man, it was all gas, no brakes. Um, really, most of the, the slowdowns was us just trying to look up what the keywords meant. And it was... Just so fun. I mean, we went toe-to-toe, and of course, like, we want Grievous and Kenobi to fight, because you have to. So she, like, grief she played Grievous, and he, like, scampers up behind a rock, and then I come in with Kenobi, and he has the jump keyword, so he can, like, hop over terrain. So I front flip over this rock and jump into a lightsaber duel, look at her and go, hello there, and she, ah, it was so good. Um, furious dice were rolled, Kenobi actually gets dropped, No! My general's dead. But then all the clones see that happen, and they order 66 Grievous. I mean, put him into the dirt with a wave of laser fire. Uh, It was the most slobber knocker game, and we called it a draw because there were no objectives, and we just murderized the crap out of each other. Uh, And just had so much fun. And uh, I'm really looking forward to playing more Legion with her. Uh, and trying to like get my head around the game system because it was a great time just delightful yeah in addition to that uh not only have i been like building legion and playing legion i've also been working on some 40k tau making my own paint scheme and just kind of rocking through it uh and doing some test schemes to see if people liked them it's been uh it's been a A time.
1: time
0: yeah well like I, didn't, I looked at all the minis before the wash stage of what I was doing and y'all, they, they, they did not look good as most things don't without wash. I like, man, I don't know if this scheme's any good. And then I put streaking grime on it and went, all right, I think the scheme's better, but I'm still not sure. So I've, I've shared it with some of the local paint group and got their feedback. They really like it. So I think I might share it on Instagram as well to get some thoughts. And then if that goes over well, I'll keep on rolling and I'll paint up some bigger robots with that color scheme.
1: Yeah. I mean, the I played a single game this week-ish. Mm-hmm. I trained I try uh, I was uh teaching
0: 40K oh, a little learner to, game.
1: Yeah, a friend of ours and uh they had a had some previous bad experiences playing the game and uh, was able to teach them how to play the game in a much more constructive manner and i thought that it was a point of pride it was like being able to actually sit down with somebody who had a negative experience previously with the game and help them better understand in a way that they didn't feel pressured overwhelmed or like they were being made fun of which is fantastic like that was that was great for me that mm-hmm. was very satisfying and uh fulfilling as a hobbyist
0: yeah, I mean, when we talk about how you have to get your own house in order, that that's what that means. Like, yeah. If yeah, and to people were were turds to new players, it's your job to try to make up for it. Um yeah, and I'm glad they had fun.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of talk right now about the the statement that GW put out there this week. Um and like I just think that that I don't know, that's just part of the hobby is like be a gate greeter, not a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Like this game is about having fun with people even when you're playing competitively. You're still playing a game and building a community and interacting with people. Like everyone should be included. Everyone. Like bring everyone in. Um if you're a hateful bastard, um no. We put we we have hateful bastards on the table fighting one another. We don't have hateful bastards playing one another one another. Yeah
0: yeah uh i'm surprised i'm surprised that a lot of people are going to bat for a dude wearing nazi imagery uh because unequivocally fuck that guy
1: yeah fuck that guy fuck that
0: guy yeah Um, it's that simple like i I have no nuance here like that is just full thoughts um yeah
1: like you wear hate speech shit openly you can go get fucked don't want to play a game with you
0: i don't want my friends playing a game with you but like I'm, I'm glad that the general community rea- consensus was what? No, get out of here. So yeah,
1: yeah, fuck that guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
0: it was a, it, like I know the community oftentimes has a lot of strife, but it was nice to have one check of like, hey, uh, we all hate Nazis? Yeah, okay, good, great, cool. <laughs> like, um, that was a nice, nice little bit. Um, yeah. It's a thing. But I'm glad that, like, not only is that a community sentiment, but also, you know, it's nice to be able to, to live it every now and then and teach new people new games. I mean, that's my crack. I love to teach people new games. Yeah, I just like playing games with people. Like,
1: <sighs> oh, so it's been good. so long just looking at this game from afar, getting to play one game every, like, three months. That, like, getting to play games more regularly with different people that I like, like playing with. I don't have to, like, suffer through playing games with people I don't like. I've had to do in
0: the past, even play the game. That's great. It's fantastic. Love <sighs> it. Now that's the good stuff. That's the ticket. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great time, and I'm... I love that our hobby sections are getting longer because for a while they were a little sparse. Uh, this is a great change of pace. <laughs> and, uh, I'm gonna keep working on Tau throughout this next week, and Star Wars Legion might be hitting the paint table. Just might. I'm gonna try to do some paint and stuff, but it's, uh...
1: For those who don't work in warehousing or logistics, it is uh going to be a rough couple weeks, my dude. So I might not have a lot on the hobby thing. I'm going to try to get something done. Mhm. Uh so I can feel like a person in between and not a cardboard box, like a like a human cardboard box. But we'll see.
0: It's all right. I'll pick up the slack for you. And uh yes. you know, I'll we'll live make vicariously it happen. through you, Joe. Yes, I will send you uh hobby progress updates. On a minute-by-minute basis, it will be delightful. But now, John, it's time for the big topic. Big topic. All right, John. So we've been doing this thing for a year. Yeah, a whole year. Um, time's ethereal. (laughs) Time's an absolute illusion. Uh something something time knife but the the computer machine says we've been doing it for a year so in that time i guess the first thing i want to talk about is like how are we feeling about it you know like how hard was it to get started uh like and do you feel that we've cleared some of those hurdles or do we have just have new hurdles to hop i mean i think yes to all
1: um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the way down. Uh, it was a huge, daunting task mentally to get into it. Like there mm-hmm. was a lot that I felt had to be done. There was a lot that I felt like we needed to have like our ducks in a row. And then it became easier. Like it just be- it just became easier. It became a thing that you just you go into and you're just like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Cool. Got it. Um. Mm-hmm. But then new hurdle. New hurdle. New hurdle. Um, hurdles you didn't even think about thrown in front of you it's just difficult after a while um, but I'm enjoying doing it it's the kind of difficult challenge that makes you think outside the box and keeps you being creative right mm-hmm. and that's what makes it really really fun and good to do like it feels good to to engage with this thing right but yeah it was it was a it was a beast to start uh, and I think a, a lot of it was kind of self-inflicted and now it's just kind of, that's been like the most difficult thing for me. It's just pulling off the self-inflicted, well, you can't do that until you do this. And you can't do that until you do this. No, those are excuses. You are like self-sabotaging your own creative endeavor. Stop doing that thing. Like you can just do the thing. Like you have a microphone, you've got a thing to record. You can just talk. You can mm-hmm. type up a script. You can just do these things. You don't have to like justify it, you giant
0: idiot. Just do it. Yeah, I think the internal monologue is something that definitely I also had to grapple with about it, um, especially because, like, for me, the, the big issue was like, oh, man, this ain't good enough to put out on the internet for people. Like, this is garbage. D- this is not worth doing and uploading. Um, it's the same thing that I have with, like, my writing and my storytelling. It's just a thing my brain always does. But, like, the first step to being good at something is sucking at something. It just it is what it is and there's no way that I was ever going to get better unless I just put it up there You just got to start somewhere and maybe the first episodes are going to be rough and plot twist they were um but in diving in and really getting to grips with it and trying to improve and putting in some practice we got better uh, and I just I could see the improvement from episode to episode especially at the beginning uh and that was what I used to kind of quiet the monologue inside like hey yeah it's working like the, the efforts working obviously
1: and like I, I don't know if it's the same for you but i think it was also like we've worked on other projects before right like we've done mm-hmm. we ran a lot of larp stuff together done many different things at larp uh we've like helped each other write D&D games like we've done a lot of creative endeavors before this one had a very unique problem in that we had to learn how to better communicate in a way mm-hmm. um, and a, learn a better way of understanding each other's creative process in a way more than just expanding on each other's ideas. It was a, we no we have to learn how to marry our two ways of approaching creative things in a way that is beneficial for the entire, entire whole.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like normally we were uh, sort of like developers for each other's ideas when we were doing LARP. It was like we'd be running storylines that were sort of parallel to each other, but they weren't entirely together. So we would meet up and go, hey, I've been thinking about X idea, and here's where I think it's going to go. Here's what who I think is going to be involved. Here's how I think could have a payoff, but it just feels a little lackluster. And in that time, all I have to do when John says that is go, oh, well, here's a couple of ideas, or here's something you could do, or here's a tie-in, or maybe here's a character backstory moment that you can use to make it a more impactful moment. And then I would just essentially give him a bunch of new ideas to fuel the tank and he'd be off to the races and vice versa. But now you, we just got to go deeper. Like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are both fully invested all the time because that's just how this works. Um, yeah. So we have to be in communication much more often, especially in terms of like coming up with episode ideas and topic ideas which gets harder, of course, the longer you go, because you've covered a lot of it already. Um, yeah, and there's been more than once that Joe has
1: been like, "I don't know what you're saying. I you mm-hmm. know you're you think you know you're being clear, but I cannot understand what the fuck you want from me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to help you. Just use some words. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, okay. it's it's been very good, but like. You know, luckily it helps us that we have done this process before. So like we know how to communicate with one another. So doing it more definitely took effort, but it wasn't as bumpy as I feel like it could be for some other people. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, one
1: of our strengths going into this was that we, we had already had that repertoire of like, Joe can look at me and just go being an idiot tell me what you want. (laughs) And like, I can look at Joe and go, you're being too literal or you're being too subtle. Bring, find a middle ground. Like, stop it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, And like, it's just something that you're going to have to work through when you're on a team and especially doing something creative. Like I feel like those are hurdles that a lot of people have gonna, are gonna have. And I am really glad that we cleared them. And now like the communication stuff, really not a hurdle anymore. No, um, no, no. Cause I feel like we just, we understand the flow better. Um, I mean, still episode topic ideas is a thing. And I also think like, stagnation is a bit of a challenge where we are now, but we think we have some ideas on how to combat it, which we'll talk about later. Um, But I also, not only... I don't want to just talk about, like, the challenges to it. I want to talk about, like, how has it been good for us? Um, And I think for me, the number one thing that it has done is keep me really engaged with this hobby that I adore, which I think, without the podcast... I might have drifted apart from quite a bit more. Uh, yeah, especially during COVID, where
1: like everything was so exhausting, and like it still is because the you know pandemic's not over. But for like especially towards the beginning of it, like there felt like the only thing you could do was play video games and maybe watch TV, and that was doing it. anything, yeah, doing anything more just felt like a colossal task, and. Doing the podcast really forced me, and it sounds like you too, to, to go. No, you you got to do something. Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody could do that, and like shouldn't overburden yourself. But it helped me at least have something like to be happy about. Because before pandemic, right, like we were going to LARP events, we were hanging out very often. We were going to like cons. We were we were do we had events to look forward to and things to to want, um, and. Learning how to create your own goals in your creative project to simulate that to a
0: degree has been very beneficial. It has, yeah. Um, And it has kind of kept the fires burning for the hobby. Like, uh, for me, it is very hard to keep motivation up to paint when when I'm not playing the game. And during COVID, I mean, I didn't play for, what, over a year? Obviously, because of lockdowns and stuff. And that long without playing, there were times when I was just like, yep, not going to hobby for a month or two. Because why? What's the point? I'm, I'm not playing, and I'm not going to be playing for the foreseeable future. Uh, there's really no excitement. Um, why am I doing this? But having the show to kind of keep me tuned into the hobby... Uh, to, to keep me seeing the new releases and sort of what's changing in the community sentiment and watching other content creators um, and just thinking about the people out there. You know, if I go a long time without painting, I feel bad because I know there are people who want to see paint updates on Instagram and it kind of forces me to get up and do the thing that I want to do, but it arms me with an excuse and motivation to do so which has just been delightful. Um, And like, I think another thing that
1: has been extremely positive that's come from the show has been learning new skills. uh, And not just, just in the show. Like I've been able to transfer a lot of the stuff that mm -hmm. I've had to learn to keep the show going for the last year. And I've taken it to like my professional life. I've taken it into my personal life. You know, we were just talking about communication I've been, like, having to learn to communicate better as a team has been useful everywhere else as well for me. You know, learning how to better project manage this thing of, like, setting schedules and preparing for stuff that's going to happen in the future and stuff like that. That all just has trans that translated to benefits across the life, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just feel like a fulfilling thing I do. To like, where I record my voice talking about Plastic Army Man, it feels like uh, flexing the skills I don't always get to flex everywhere else, and in, in places where it's not necessarily respectful to do so, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to project manage your friends. That sounds fucking terrible, right? God, what an awful, awful thing to do. <laughs> right. But, like, when you're in a podcast, you have to project manage to make sure things get done. uh and lets you practice that before you really do it at work or like. You have to do it to, like, I don't know, make sure you keep up all the chores at your house. Like, there's lots to go into this. There's a lot of steps that you will learn to master or at least have a competency in that you wouldn't expect from me. Because like, you, you, you hear a thing of podcasts and you're like, oh, motherfucker's just sit in front of a microphone and just talk a lot. And then edited it for, like, 20 minutes and put it up. Like, no, oh, there's a lot that goes into this. <laughs>
0: it is way more than you would expect. <laughs> And it could be a little tiring, but, like, there are moments that make the payoff worth it. Um, so, for, like, for me, one of the big ones, and maybe the big one, was, uh, we got shouted out on Vince Ventrella's Warhammer Weekly on uh, one of the yes. episodes. Um, and I, I had no idea that was coming. Uh, it's not like they reach out to everybody that they're going to, like, uh, plug in the show. It's just a thing. And I listen to Warhammer Weekly every week. It's one of my podcasts for Hobby and Painting. Vince Ventrella and Tom are just uh, delightful. Dr. Tom got his PhD. Congrats, Tom, if you're listening. Um, And I guess Tom sort of stumbled across our show, and uh, I was out getting food for uh, my wife and I at the time, and I was like walking across a parking lot listening to the podcast in an earbud to start heading back home. And I heard them mention our name, Kentucky Fried Wargaming. Gaming, and I mean, I almost dropped all the food, drinks everywhere. Uh, I just kind of lost it. Sent it to John and Seth. Uh, almost a disbelief that like our our tiny, tiny, tiny show got noticed. Um, and like at the time, I was working as a janitor at like an elementary school, right? And
1: I, I read that text message, and I'm holding a broom in my hand. And, like, like, a dust mop. And I just dropped the handles. It clatters on the floor. And I was like, oh, no way. And then I, like, I went
0: to go look for it. It was like a scene of a movie. It was very good. <laughs> it was so exciting. So terribly exciting and validating. Um, because, obviously, we're a tiny, 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 tiny podcast. Uh, I We have, you know, roughly, like, 30, 35 listeners a week. Just, like, full transparency. On Anchor. And maybe a couple more on YouTube if we're lucky. Um, but, like... Not a whole lot of people listen, and we know that, and sometimes it can be a little uh, disheartening when you're not growing or you don't know how to grow, but to get a shout-out like that was validating, because it's a reminder that like, hey, the 35 people you do have, they're here to listen, and like, you should definitely appreciate them, because they're great, and uh, you know, even with that, it's a reminder that people are enjoying it, and uh, that's just awesome. That's so good. And uh also another one uh was when the first viewer reached out to us on Instagram, Shane, what up man? Um, like he j- sent us a message uh just to say how much that uh he was enjoying the podcast and that, you know, it's nice to hear casual folks who sound like him talking about the hobby that he enjoys. And uh I cannot tell you how good that was. <laughs> uh that Just to have confirmation that, like, ah, again, much like Tom, like, there is another person out there who is listening to this. You're not doing it for nothing. There are people listening who like it. and Especially,
1: uh, like, in our area. Like, Kentucky doesn't have a huge population, for one, and particularly, mm -hmm. like, Wargaming population, it's not huge. And some of the folks that are the here aren't exactly the nicest. Like, we were talking about earlier in the episode, we don't like playing people who have hate. There's a there's a, there's just more of it around here. Like, I've lived in multiple states, played games in multiple states. There's just more of it around here. And to know there's other people who listen to the show, listen to the show regularly from around this region who think the same way makes it feel a lot less isolating in this place. Like,
0: yeah, it's, it's very a... good. And I mean... Just for clarification's sake. I think Shane's from Tennessee, but still, you know. Tennessee, Kentucky, they're about the same. There's really just (laughs) a Norris Lake between (laughs) us. Um, Yeah, it was just, it's so good. And I love those moments that kind of uh, realize that the effort's worth it. It's just cathartic. And uh, really, really enjoy it. And I'm hoping you know we'll have more moments like that in the future, and uh, maybe even grow beyond like 35 people. Who knows? We got some ideas about it. We'll talk about it in a little while. John, you got any other like hurdles or uh, positives that you want to bring up before we move on to the next little bit?
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, I think we 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 covered all of it, and the. I mean, the, I want to just end this little section with that's. Um, Every time you guys message us or like our stuff or share it or anything, it just makes our fires of creation burn even, like, hotter. So Yeah, makes our day every time, and we appreciate y'all. It's very good. I I do not know how to put it into words how much it makes me go, Ah, yes, I can make more stuff, and these people will like the stuff I am making.
0: Yeah, and uh, it has given us some inspiration to maybe do... Much more high effort and high quality stuff. We'll get to there in a little bit. Uh, but second bit, we've been asking for a couple of weeks for people to send out questions or uh, stuff that they wanted us to answer on the show because uh, we really want to open this thing up for y'all. the people who listen, you know, for those you know roughly thirty five of you who listen every week, we care about you. and we want to know your opinions on the show. And if you got questions, we want to answer them for you. So we've kind of put out the call for questions and whatnot, and we got a couple in, so we just kind of wanted to hit them. Um, so first question. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Oh, Tanner, what a hand grenade you have given us. Yeah, yeah you just dropped a bomb on us. You, you pulled the pit on a hand grenade, tossed it in our laps here, and are gone. Merry Christmas. Okay, uh, so question number one. What are your thoughts on miniature agnostic games? Okay, that seems innocuous. Do you think that uh, the 3D printing scene getting increasingly more accessible will uh, affect the franchise that are miniature exclusive as opposed to agnostic? Okay. So, uh, first bit first. What are your thoughts on miniature agnostic games? Love them. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, like 10 o- out of 10 11 out of 10 um i wouldn't l- go that far 10 out of 10 I'm, they stay I'm, in the scale <laughs> no to hell with the scale the scale's made up it scales an illusion john you gotta push beyond uh, numbers aren't real what are we doing <clears throat> what are we doing i don't understand math numbers um yeah i love miniature agnostic games i think for me what makes the hobby so fun is storytelling and creativity and it's just an outlet to do that and miniature agnostic games uh, do that to a scale that set miniature games struggle to reach. Um, you know, oftentimes when you have a story for like Warhammer or Legion or you know it, name any other game that has set miniatures, you are trying to make a story that fits the mini line that you have to use. Um, however, when you have a miniatures agnostic game, the sky is the limit. Your inspiration can take you anywhere whatever your idea is whatever weird thought you have whatever theme you're pushing you can do it because there's no restriction on what the minis have to look like and if you could find an stl file or custom sculpt your own the the limit is you know way up in the stratosphere and it just lets you push hard for your theme and uh that's just so 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 gratifying
1: And, like, I think that miniature agnostic games, though, are very good and are very cool. And I think specifically with skirmish games are fantastic. I think you get to a point where there are some drawbacks to them. I think they're not discussed quite enough. And we're not going to dig too deeply into it in this episode because that's, like, this could be its whole own episode. But miniature agnostic games can sometimes feel like super bare bones, right? They can sometimes feel not as fleshed out as some of these other things that have whole product lines. Um, and for some people, they they like miniature games because you don't need to have that base start. Right? You can just you can you can look at a line of stuff and go, I like those dudes, and then then you use that as your canvas. Mm-hmm. Miniature agnostic just doesn't have that, so you have to go find stuff now and make it make sense and coherent. So it's not for everyone. Um, but I think that that's a, that's a strength as well as a weakness. Like, I think that that's what keeps it having its own little niche within the, the, the greater hobby because I think that there's room in this hobby for just both and it doesn't need to be one or the other. And I think the argument between, uh, miniatures agnostic games and like versus miniature line games, I think that uh, why, why just have one,
0: you can have both. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And then part two of the question. Do you do you think that with three D printing getting increasingly more accessible, that it will affect the uh, franchises that are miniature exclusive, and how do you think it'll happen? Jesus, I mean, we had a whole episode planned for that topic because there's a whole lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah, and like I'll I'll start off with like we've had China cast miniatures for a long time, and I don't think that. 3D printers are to the point yet in which they beat out production models. I think that a lot of the really higher quality sculpts are just better to buy in plastic than to 3D print. But I think that 3D printing is outpacing the plastic sculpts and that there's a good half of like, we'll use the Age of Sigmar range. All of the older armies that transferred over from the new world, a lot of their older models look astronomically worse than the 3D printed versions you can get or like create or find and then for significantly cheaper. That's a problem. Like I think think that 3D printing will change this hobby drastically over the next 10 years. I don't think it'll remove the plastic model lines but i think that these companies that try to fight it will end up losing that battle similar to you know the pda uh
0: like little tablet things lost the battle to cell phones like mm-hmm. the progress does not walk backwards um yeah it's just not how anything's gonna work through all of human history You you don't go backwards we we didn't create electricity and or the combustion engine and then decide to go back to candles and steam like that's it's not how anything works um and i think it's already affecting the hobby space because like john mentioned a lot of these lines that are exclusive are old real i mean some of these quote unquote prints or runs or molds are from the early 2000s or the 90s uh, and they look awful. And yeah. your 3D printer for like 120th the price will make something that looks infinitely better. You know, if you're an Eldar player or a Beast of Chaos player, uh, you are going to have a way better time with 3D printer just running in the background. And you're going to save a buku dollars over what you could buy exclusively. And I think when consumers see that math, you know, as a customer, you want to save that money and get a better product. And uh, that's going to, if anything you're going to do to resist that is an uphill battle. And especially with the advent of Patreons creating incredible miniatures like Lord of the Prince or Bistarium, making just beautiful, beautiful models, man, that fight's going to get more and more difficult. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But we do want to do a full episode on 3d printing because it's, it's quite the rat's nest of a topic to unpack.
1: Yeah. The the final thing I want to talk about with 3D printing though is that I think that, and it's overlooked a lot, is that the 3D printing space for the future of Wargaming also will probably price out a lot of people. Like it will make the gatekeeping like the monetary gatekeeping problem worse and it will make the younger audience gatekeeping problem worse right like when you're a kid your parents are going to buy you a 3d printer to, to play around with to make plastic army men they're going to buy you a kid plastic army dude army men dudes you know if you're someone like i was in my early 20s who can only afford to buy one thing a month you're just going to buy one thing a month you're not going to save up for six months to buy a 3d printer to then save up for another two months to buy the next part that you need like it's a big upfront cost and sometimes you just want to buy the box,
0: build it and paint it and like have something to do. Really? Um, I think it would do the opposite. Um, I, if I could have, re- it's, we're recording this around black Friday. So like there's a 3d printer right now from any cubic that is like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, when I got into this game, I could barely get in buying regular kits cause they're 60 bucks a piece. Some yeah. Sometimes more. Uh, I actually would have had a far, far lower barrier of entry to just get the $100 printer and be done. Um, I probably would have started years earlier. Years yeah. earlier. Maybe like four or five years earlier. Just because and I think... it would be easier and cheaper than having to pay the 60 bucks a kit when you need a bajillion of them.
1: Well, I, I don't think that it's a pure monetary, like, answer there i think that the biggest answer is do you have the physical space in your living area like it, it presumably if you're ha- if if money's an issue you probably don't have a large living space and a printer requires its own dedicated space and like for me personally when i was first getting into the hobby i didn't have a dedicated space for hobby i just cleaned off part of my desk and moved my keyboard to paint and build i couldn't have like a machine sitting somewhere that could be like
0: i didn't have, just didn't have the space uh, thinking back, I also move stuff to paint. Uh, I probably just would have put a small table in the closet. Like, I don't know. I've had many times in my life where I was like, man, I don't, I can't do X thing. And then I just, I, when I have to, I just do X thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that there's always a way for it to happen. I just think that there's a lot of like blocks there, but I'm my hope is that after a few more years, this does become so accessible that like it
0: just become makes way more people into the game. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. I think it gets a lot more people in because I cannot tell you how many times I've demoed a game to someone and them go, man, that was really fun. Like, that was a blast. I'd love to play again. Like, you know, I kind of want to get my own force. What do I have to do? And it's very hard to go, well, you kind of have to spend like $400 to get like 2000 points. Uh, one foot troop unit is like 60 uh yeah like in, immediately once you hear that price eyes glaze over um yep for you know fair fair and you know the more accessible 3d printing gets the lower that barrier becomes so that's a thing it's a thing we'll move that's gonna be a full episode later maybe two <laughs> all right that might be a whole month of episodes Ooh. Ooh.
1: all
0: right question two what is a film franchise or game series that doesn't have a tabletop war game out, but absolutely should? Uh, I have a strong opinion on this one, John. I- I've got a tingle, a feeling in my bones, because I don't think I there's know. enough chainsaws in the wargaming sphere. That's a fucking lie. That is, a, <laughs> that is an abject falsehood. Uh, <laughs> but what is your what is your choice? Uh, I would absolutely love it if there was a tabletop war game for Gears of War. Uh, of course you would. My God, would that be so good? Like yes, a would shit out of it, but of course you would. <laughs> With Gears of War, you could play Marcus Phoenix and Dom and all the car mines. Well, the ones that aren't splattered all over the ground. Um, and, you know, just like generic cogs fighting against the locust and brutes. Oh, wow, what great kits those would be, John. I'd have so much fun painting those up and, like, lambent corrupting locusts. Yeah, just very good. Chainsaw guns everywhere, John. That's what I want. That's really what I want. Don't you make me download Gears Tactics again. Don't Uh, you do it to me, Jason. John, do it. Do it, you won't.
1: Jokes on you are never uninstalled.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be a very fun game. Uh, I think there's gas in the tank. I don't think it would do well at, like, a giant 40k scale, because there's just not enough unit variety in it yet. Although there's more units in the books, but, like, still. I think it would be an incredible skirmish game. Just mind-blowingly good. I think that it would... I don't think skirmish,
1: honestly. I think that it would, it would fit that same niche that, like, Star Wars Legion does. Oh, uh, yeah. Where it's, like, skirmish a step above skirmish, but it's, like, a step below, like... Warhammer 40k 2000 points.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that could be awesome. And that would also let you get some of the big units like a corpser. Yeah, yeah. God, I'd love to fight a corpser.
1: Oh, that'd uh, be good. I actually think that it would, it could have the beneficial of being one of those like new weird three, like two persons playing against one another, but a third aggressor shows up because of the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think that'd be very fun too.
0: Oh, what a great time! Yeah, that's my that's my thing. Uh, and I will say though, that actually wasn't my first thought. That was just the first good thought. Uh, my first thought was unashamedly that I want a underworld skirmish game. I want vampires in leathered body armor jumpsuits fighting werewolves from the sewer. I'll just write it for you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. I I, I understand that nobody other than me would play it, and that the movies weren't great, but you're all wrong. It would be delightful, and it would fulfill my little 13-year-old hearts. <laughs> um, it, I, it'd be fun. But I think Gears of War is the first idea I had that was actually very good. Like, there's a lot of potential in that idea.
1: Yeah. So, I've got two, right? All right. Just like you, I've got two. Uh,
0: first one, wild as fuck. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, yeah. Yep. Which one? They're all in set different time periods and themes. All
1: of them. But... <laughs> they do it. They do it already. Where they've got like these crossover like fighting games. You can do Final Fantasy like tactics style, like moving around, uh, like with with different. Like you can play from different. Each faction would be a different game, right? With different characters and different, like, mm-hmm. monsters and stuff that was specific to that. And you build, like, little things. It'd be a skirmish game or more like a hero hammer style skirmish game where, like, you maybe pick four or five models, right? In your normal Final Fantasy group. And then you have, you know, fighting another one, right? Like, maybe my fi- favorite Final Fantasy is, like, seven. Someone else's favorite Final Fantasy is eight. We've mm-hmm. always wanted to know what happens with those you know group members would fight each other and so you build a team of like four dudes There's is their four dudes you have to fight on this small battlefield and like when small fights little... Cloud yeah and like, there's little like Final Fantasy monster figures that end up popping up around the map throughout the game like I don't think there would be a competitive game I think it'd be a purely like fun game mm-hmm. uh, but I think it'd be a great time like skirmish game boom let's have at it fantastic Um, I lied there's three Um, The second (laughs) one is (laughs) Halo Um, Okay yeah
0: And that would sell like hotcakes
1: It would sell like hotcakes it would be great I think that that could in fact be a 40k Like sized game Mm Mm-hmm. I just think there's just enough there. Uh, I think the biggest weakness is that there's little, there's not as many factions. Like, there's really only four factions.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could have, obviously, the Human Federation, uh, the Covenant, the Flood. The Forerunners. F- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of all you got. Like, that's it. Yeah. Unless they expand the lore.
1: Yeah, which we'll see if they do. Uh, and then the third and final one I have is... I forgot it. Shit.
0: John, you hyped us up for this.
1: I know. I know. What happened? My brain is a strainer for thoughts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I
0: guess this was a tiny thought. It just swept on through.
1: It came in and then it disappeared. No. No, no. (laughs) Uh,
0: Don't worry. Halfway through the last bit, he will remember. Yeah. Yeah, more than likely. I'm going to move on to question three. Final question. What new games would you like to cover in future episodes? And boy, howdy, there's a number of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We've, we've had this exact conversation probably about 12 times over the last, like, two weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, Tanner was in our brain space. He felt yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so, first off, if it wasn't obvious by our hobby progress, Star Wars Legion. Like,
0: we'll talk about that. Definitely high up there on the uh, games we want to cover. Because it occupies a, an interesting niche between you know as john mentioned but it's not a skirmish game but it's also not a big war game it's somewhere in the middle and i think that's just interesting and yeah i think it's a much more modern designed game compared to like 40k and aos so like it's just going to be fun to drill down into and not to mention it's star wars man space samurai wizards god that's good well yeah um
1: conquest like our last argument of kings looks really fun Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try I haven't played out. it yet,
0: but I would like to thank you, Doug for two plus stuff for turning us on to that one uh, I also I have gone to Gen Con a couple of times and I demoed Malifaux and I loved Malifaux uh, So I want to play that a lot more with friends And uh, people are actually already getting forces and stuff together So we're gonna be playing some Malifaux and uh, gonna be talking about it because I think it again It's a more modern skirmish game and just would be fun as hell
1: And on the complete other side of that spectrum, um, Infinity is also another skirmish game, but is cyberpunk as fuck, not (laughs) gothic swamp people.
0: Yeah, we're Uh, hopping from like gothic western to uh, futuristic cyberpunk with space werewolves. God, that's cool. Uh yeah, love to try Infinity. It's a little crunchy for my taste, but it might be flavorful enough to hook even me. But I think John and Seth are going to be foaming at the mouth playing Infinity. Yeah, I love I love crunch. Also, another one that I feel awful. I feel genuinely bad for tossing this to our gaming group. It was, it was like throwing a bucket of chum into a whole bunch of starving sharks. I was not You about to talk about I was not considering the consequences of my actions. Uh, silver maybe bayonets yes yeah so 52 miniatures by the way if you're not watching 52 miniatures on youtube you should They're, they're incredible uh released a little short film about a monster hunter in the napoleonic era and uh it was really fun and they put that little short film at the beginning of a video about a game called silver bayonet where you play monster hunters in the napoleonic era trying to kill vampires werewolves ghosts goblins uh ghouls gas fey the whole nine yards that are like rampaging europe during the napoleonic wars and it's a miniature agnostic game where you make your own little team of monster hunters trying to kill monsters and opposing uh monster hunting squads and uh i just kind of in the chat went hey y'all i saw this cool video about a you know a little monster hunting game here you go watch that might be fun oh my god i set off the powder keg i mean it within a the next few hours people were like looking up stl files and everybody was ordering rule books and like people were super excited because like the group we all played like hunt showdown which is essentially that just in um, the americas uh you know they all love bloodborne and monster hunter games it's it was, I hit the cabbage of the group, so... Yeah, it, it's also very close to historical
1: because uh, it's made by Osprey Games, which also does historicals, mm-hmm. and I think that that's great, and it's it's very similar. Um, it's got some of, like, the historical elements in that part of Wargaming that I don't think a lot of us have experience in, but it blends in that, like, gothic horror monster stuff that we really dig. So yeah, it's an interesting that, combination. So like silver
0: bayonet will be coming.
1: I really want to watch Napoleon get ripped in half by a werewolf.
0: Like God, don't that sound awesome? Yeah, <laughs> like I I want to I want to see somebody with a cannon shout stand and deliver as they send a whole bunch of grape shot out of a cannon into a geist. Surprise surprised, it's all actually salted. Really, I kind of want
1: to play the British, not because I like the British, but because I kind of want to just watch myself get the shit beat out of the british all the time like i want to just watch the british get their ass whipped constantly
0: (laughs) i don't know man the british grenadiers were incredibly elite units especially for the time i know like that's listen (laughs) we can't turn this into a history podcast joseph (laughs) but john i did a whole bunch of research about the napoleonic era war because of a youtube rabbit hole i fell down i'm ready for this conversation i've been doing it for
1: years (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: god damn it. Yeah. Uh Silver bayonet on the list. And uh, also for me, uh I thank Scott from the miniature maniac. Um I bought a starter set for a song of ice and fire. Uh you know, the the Game of Thrones war game. Because uh, it looks incredibly fun. I've never done a rank and flank game before, so that'll be my first and it just looks like fun to paint, because I, I I gotta be honest, I just kind of feel a little happy at the idea that like I get to paint John freaking Snow. Um, uh, I'm fan. also
1: going to be joining Joseph in this endeavor. Uh, I wasn't going to. Then I kept looking, and I was like, man, I don't really know what faction to pick. If I don't really feel strongly about a faction, then am like, I don't know if I really want to play this game. And then I looked at the unit roster for House Stark, which like mm-hmm. I like House Stark. They're very... Very cool. They're like the good guys. Um, and then I got hit over the face with a unit called the Mormont She, she Bears, which are just really <laughs> big, muscular women that are beating the shit out of dudes. Why? Because they said that they couldn't. I love oh. it. <laughs> There's one thing I love. It's big, strong
0: women beat the shit out of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Look into that for what you will, listeners. Um, yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah, and if you put Nettard Stark on the field, you could be my dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone's got to be your father. (laughs) You could teach me how to throw a football.
1: Yeah, I'll make you call me daddy. (laughs) (laughs) No!
0: (laughs) I'm rebelling immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I think that could be terribly fun. And uh, John could teach me how to play rank and flank games, which will be interesting. And I'm sure there are other games that we have looked at That we just aren't mentioning. But those are the ones that really are kind of high up on the thought list. And uh, we think all of them are very fun and are worth covering. uh, Some of them covering a lot of. And actually, we plan to do so. Which kind of leads us into our last bit before we finish up is the future of the podcast. And I think, like, we're going to be doing some... We're open to changes right at this time. And we're going to be doing some. Uh, Just to... Well, primarily to make better stuff for people to listen to and sometimes watch. Um, And the way that we think we want to do that first and foremost is to broaden our horizons. When we made this channel, we made it Kentucky Fried Wargaming rather than Kentucky Fried Warhammer intentionally. Uh, It's because we want to talk about things that aren't just in the Warhammer sphere or Warhammer adjacent. Uh, We want to be able to talk about wonderful games that come out from all sorts of places and uh, i feel like after some conversations we haven't been leaning into that as hard as we could and um as hard as we should arguably so kind of looking forward we're gonna be broadening our horizons we're gonna be looking into other games more deeply as well as covering sort of uh war game agnostic topics that are just like about the general hobby um but i think that's going to be something you'll notice over the next year that there's yeah. going to be a whole lot more stuff talked about. And like, I think we're still in
1: the process of trying to find our niche. Mm hmm. Um, because like, it's clear that like, if we post something about Warhammer, we upload like a Warhammer 40k video or a podcast or Age of Sigmar, it's going to perform well. Like it's going to perform better than our other stuff. Uh, but we don't necessarily want to do all of that all the time. Cause there's a ton
0: of people doing that already and like sometimes like I just don't feel it. Yeah, yeah. I do not want to necessarily read the mechanics for every book and do rote reviews about how I feel about battle tomes and stuff. Like sometimes I'm excited for that, but Yeah. Just some of I'm not. I'm just yeah, not. Yeah, we don't we
1: don't wanna like I don't wanna put out something that like I'm forcing myself to do. Because uh, I don't think you guys will
0: enjoy hearing it. No, yeah, I think you guys will immediately feel it. Like I yeah. you are clever listeners you will feel when our heart's not in it and i don't think you'll want to listen to that we don't want to make it um so why force ourselves to when instead we can use that time to talk about stuff we are excited about and that you might be excited about there might be people out there right now who have never heard of silver bayonet and just from our short talk are going what the hell is that like google yeah, yeah. windows are pulled up as we speak um yeah it's and it's a we, great time like, I want to be able to do that and, you know, lean into where the excitement is for us and maybe give you guys new avenues. So that's a big change that I think is going to be helpful for us. Uh, also, John, like we kind of mentioned it earlier, but, you know, we've done a bunch of episodes now, um, over 60 of them at this point, And, uh. It's been great and we made a whole bunch of progress. I'd say like for the first 8 months or so. But for the last 4ish uh we feel like we're stagnating a little. Like I'm sure yep. like our rep our banter back and forth is getting more and more comfortable while on a microphone, which is still improvement, but it's not as much improvement as we could make if that makes sense. Um like we we feel like we could do more. Uh, we could push for higher effort, higher quality stuff. Um, so, Or just different
1: types of things, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff we want to talk about or do that just not good for an audio, audio format, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll use a, a personal example. I've thought about frequently, right? I love Total Warhammer, right? Total Warhammer 3 comes out next February. I want to play the shit out of it. Part of me really wants to just start a stream. For like streaming me playing that game, maybe with like some of the people that you've heard about on this show, like Tanner, or like maybe me and Joe do a stream where we do something silly, like he mm-hmm. plays the Fat Lads and I play, um, you know, Corn, and for whatever reason we're teaming up to beat the shit out of Cathay, and we just have a good time with it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some videos, maybe some like specific bonus episodes where we get extra
0: wild, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Or, like, I make paint stuff, and a couple of times I've shared paint stuff, people have asked, like, how'd you do that? Maybe I just make a video showing how I painted that. You know, if someone really wants to know how I painted X model, all right, I'll show you. Like, here's a camera, let's do this. Um, I think that would be great. Or, for me, the thing I really want to do, uh, is I... I don't know, y'all, like we were talking about with each other about what do we want to do with the podcast moving forward. Um, and one of the was, you know, let's maybe expand beyond just like podcast conversations. Let's maybe do some higher quality stuff with videos or uh, higher edit content, as we were calling it. Um, and I thought about kind of what would do well. Like, that's the first place your brain goes when you've been making videos or podcasts or whatever, is what would do well. And I think that's kind of a trap. Uh, So I intentionally changed my brain to not what would do well, but what would I be excited about doing and what would I have the most fun doing? Uh, And for me, there is only one answer. One resounding answer. It's the only thing I ever really care to do. And that's tell people a story. Uh, I love telling people stories, uh, whether that's, you know, talking about the lore or actually writing scripted, voice-acted stories. Uh, I love it. It's so fun. It just doesn't stop being fun. It was fun when I would write short stories when I was younger. It was fun when I wrote stories for, like, 85-person LARPs. It's fun when I run tabletop games. uh, And it's fun when some of our friends ask me like, Hey, I'm thinking about this faction. Can you tell me about them? Um, and I would love to lean into that. Uh, and I think that's something that we're going to do in the future. Like, I don't know if y'all would be into it. Uh, I probably would have to record a sample first just to see how y'all feel about it, but I would love to be able to make little audio dramas that explain the lore to you guys and then also just have a chat about what the lore is for whatever faction, whatever game. However, that's going to be (laughs) time-consuming. Very. Uh, You know, whether it's the video stuff John was talking about, whether it was streaming, whether it's scripting and voice acting and editing Like audio dramas To explain lore Oh That's That's gonna be time consuming guys Um, And like
1: On like on my side of things Where Joe's much more Story focused right Like don't get me wrong I'm not Against stories Right I love stories Or else I wouldn't be involved in this But I'm much more the rules guy On this show right Like I'm much more for like The rules and the crunch And like knowing how these games work And like the mechanics And like I wanted to better explain how to take these things in these games and not just play them in a good, I'm unbeatable way, but in a fun-to-play-with-my-group way. Or like a, Mm -hmm. how can we use these mechanics and kind of frame them in a way to teach new people and get more people involved to play this game with more people. You know, comparing mechanics from different editions and, like, making new mechanics to do new cool stuff in narrative games. Or, like... Comparing the mechanics of this game versus this game. What's similar, what's different. Just stuff like that. And like similar to Joe, like that requires a shitload of time. That's a lot of research, that's a lot of script writing, that's a lot of stuff to do. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, we're going to be making a change to the schedule. Um, currently, we've been kind of knocking it out, uploading every single week. And That's been good for us to just get in our repetitions and get our practice, but now it's not so much helpful as it is restrictive. Um, When we are doing this not full-time, like we make zero dollars from the podcast, and we both have full-time jobs outside of this, plus families, uh, it is hard to keep up with every week uploads. And also try to do these much more high effort endeavors. Uh, You just don't have enough time in the week to do that. At least we don't, without sacrificing other areas of our life. So for us, uh, the only option, if we wanted to pursue higher effort content that we're excited about, we think you guys will be excited about, we have to cut down the number of uploads. Uh, So... We are going to be transitioning into an every-other-week upload schedule to try to give us a little bit of wiggle room to do that. Um, now, that doesn't mean it will only ever be to a week. Um, there might be bonus content, because let's be honest, some of this stuff uh, might not fit into like the actual podcast upload form, so it'll come out at different times. Um, but primarily, every other week is when you could expect a podcast so that way, we can just have a little more time to try to make these things higher quality. Yep,
1: and we're gonna keep them on the same day, same time. So you can expect it Monday morning. But we're gonna, we're just gonna have it every other week. And the intention is that, though it might seem like less now, it will be better in
0: the future and potentially uh, more diverse. Right? We'll see. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things that we also we want to get some buyback on if it's working for you guys Let us know we'll keep it going that way or in the opposite if it's not Let us know, you know, we are open to changes. It's certainly um, Not something that we're set in stone on because it's just our passion project and It's the passion is to bring fun entertaining stuff for you guys so Any feedback you have, we take to heart. So if you have concerns or if you really think this is a good idea or if you have specific other content you want to hear. You know, if you heard the description of John's tactic stuff and you were like, yes, I want that. Let us know. We'll lean into it. Or if you hear the idea of, like, voice acted character stories, let me know. I'll lean into it. Um, We're in a time of change and we want to be flexible. And, uh, hopefully you guys are on board with all of that because it has been really fun to do this over the past year and I want the next year to be even more so. And maybe by the end of next year, we'll have 36 listeners, John. Mm -hmm. I know shooting big aiming for the big shows. Uh, and for guys out there, I assume if you've been here part of the past year, you know where to reach out to us, but I got to say it. Reach out to us on social media. If you do have thoughts, you can find us on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, you know, DMs are open. Or if you watch on YouTube, uh, down in the YouTube comments, we always see them, respond to them, read them. Uh, we'd love to have your thoughts, and uh, we'll take them to heart. Like, subscribe, review, show your friends,
1: yell at us on Apple Podcasts. Do all of it. I'm a gobbled man. You don't yeah. have to listen to me. Authority is an illusion. Time is an illusion. I just want people to, to get other people to listen to my dumb voice talk about plastic army dudes. Ayo.
0: <laughs> that would be very helpful.
1: It's probably not the
0: way I would have phrased it all, but it would be helpful. I mean, we are a tiny, tiny show, and the only way this can grow is if y'all really want it to. So we'd appreciate any help that you're willing to give us. And for now, that's been all of our one-year opinions. Bonafide. Kentucky Fried. And we'll see you all in the next episode.